1: From Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge, we're out to lunch with the editor of the Baton Rouge Business Report, Stephanie Regal. It's business Baton Rouge style.
2: Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Retail apocalypse is a word you're starting to hear a lot. It suggests not merely that there is a crisis in the retail sector, but that it is really, really bad. And this is due, of course, to the impact Amazon and other online retailers are having on brick-and-mortar stores. That said, some local retailers have been able to find a niche and operate successfully amid this changing landscape. What does it take to not only survive and thrive in this post-apocalyptic shopping scene, well, joining me today to discuss this is Chris Russo Blackwood, co-owner of Russo Ross, a popular woman's boutique on Jefferson Highway here in Baton Rouge. Chris grew up in an era when American retail landscape possibilities seemed endless, though she didn't actually start out in the retail sector. In fact, she was a journalist with The Advocate and then later with In Register Magazine, which she headed as publisher. In 2011, she sold the magazine and wrote a true crime book about the murder of local businessman Ted Kurgan in the 1980s. Then in 2012, she and longtime friend Susan Ross decided to take their careers in an entirely different direction and open Russo Ross. Their thought was that in today's retail environment with extremely high and extremely low price points, they would offer classic well-made clothes at a reasonable price. And Chris, it's a great idea if you can figure out how to make it work, and I think you have. So thanks so much for being here today. We look forward to hearing about it.
3: Thanks for having me, Stephanie.
2: Joining me and Chris is Kevin Langley, a Baton Rouge-based entrepreneur and entrepreneurial expert who was president and co-founder of Entrepreneurs Across Borders, a global nonprofit organization that helps high potential entrepreneurs in developing countries. He is also working locally with the eBay Retail Revival Program, an initiative launched by eBay a couple of years ago that came to Baton Rouge in May of 2019. The program is a way to help small businesses learn how to compete in the digital marketplace by training them over a year-long period, providing them with individualized coaching and also promotional support so that they can learn how to sell their stuff on platforms like eBay working with ebay to help local entrepreneurs is actually one of just many hats kevin wears he's worked with global ngos and has his own holding company that has invested in and helped grow dozens of successful companies over the past two decades but kevin it's a pleasure to have you here today thanks so much for joining us it's great
1: to be here stephanie
2: well chris i'm going to start with you did you ever see yourself as a retailer and what made you want to do that after running magazines and writing books well
3: it kind of starts with the at the beginning of my career uh, back in the olden days we actually had a fashion reporter at the advocate and that was me so I covered fashion markets New York LA atlanta was kind of cool and uh i went back back. in those
2: days they would actually probably fly you to the fashion
3: exactly and i had this big old suitcase thing that was you know how i went down to the basement of the hotel and hooked up i don't even know how to explain it but anyway (laughs) so i felt like i needed to know more about fashion i went back and got my master's in clothing and textiles so that was a long time ago but i do know fashion um i do know fabrics and so it's a people are amazed when they ask me the question you did how to get involved in this and i say hey i i always knew about fashion i always knew about clothing used to make my own clothes but um anyway we susan and i saw that there was a need uh in this community for a place where women could buy clothing that women of a certain age could buy clothing that was still fashion forward but age appropriate Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. nobody wants to look mama no we we (laughs) couldn't find that personally at that time so we said, well, why don't we just try it? And it's been great. Eight, Eight years. Wow, that's hard to believe. And 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 where do you get most
2: of your most of your clothes? I mean, do y'all shop market all over? And-
3: we do. We. Um, it's it's kind of been in a transition since we started. We started by going to markets in New York and Dallas uh, because some of our vendors were not didn't have reps in Dallas. And now Dallas has gotten to be a pretty big market, and so it kind of doesn't pay to go to New York because we would still deal with our rep in Dallas. So mostly now we're going to Dallas, but we have a wide range of vendors, uh, clothing, accessories, um, uh, but mostly mostly Dallas.
2: So interesting. Well, Kevin, I want to bring you into the conversation. You wear many hats, but since we're talking retail right now, tell us how you got involved with the eBay retail revival and what the program is actually Mm -hmm. doing.
1: So Stephanie, many years ago when I graduated from LSU, I started my first business and it was a very lonely thing to be an entrepreneur and starting a business. And so what I've learned is is the people that you associate yourself with, you can learn from them. And peer networks are critically important. I think that's what's missing in most communities is the business owners getting together and learning from each other. So my experience is, is growing businesses and connecting people in various communities around the world. And the mayor's office reached out to me when um, eBay was first identified as coming to, potentially coming to Baton Rouge. And we had, to, we had to win this. They were looking at many, many cities. So Baton Rouge can be very proud of the fact that eBay... One of the one of the largest multinational platforms selected Baton Rouge, and the reason why is because they saw the potential in Baton Rouge. So and the, the mayor's and office, the, need, I the guess. mayor's office, basically asked me to help court eBay to Baton Rouge because that's what I do is identify some amazing people around the world, and I see it in Baton Rouge everywhere I go, people starting businesses, the innovation and the creativity, and this is a way for Baton Rouge business owners to get on a global platform of 180 million potential customers.
2: Wow. So let's say Russo Ross wanted to be on eBay. How would you, what would you do for them? What would the program do for them? The,
1: the neat thing about it is we actually have a informal e-commerce group in Baton Rouge. So that's the first thing for her is to get engaged with the e-commerce group, group in Baton Rouge. The second thing is eBay went through the list of Baton Rouge businesses and selected 65. Of the ones that they could help the most, and so they they just started that program, and they're already seeing significant results. And the goal oh, gotcha. for that program is to build community around that group and help them with the other business owners in Baton Rouge.
3: So, just curious, I of course saw the all the news about the uh, this business this initiative starting up in Baton Rouge, but and you know I looked at it uh, for us, but since we don't have uh, what I would consider a unique product to sell. You know, we, didn't, we don't originate any of our products or create them. Is that really something that we, could, that we would be a fit for?
1: It's relevant, but maybe not the best fit, because what, what these platforms are very good at is somebody that's innovative and has a unique product, they do exceptionally well. So we have, believe it or not, a lot of auto parts manufacturers doing exceptionally well on the eBay platform. And so there's fashion and there's bath and body, um, business and indu- I mean, we have an incredible industrial corridor here in Baton Rouge. Yeah. Yep. And those, those subcontractors that are making those very unique products that are having Very trouble, specific, right? Very specific products are trying to get it out there. It's a great platform, along with Amazon and some of the other platforms as well. So it's not just about eBay. It's about how do we engage businesses to get, get on global. Other, on other on How does platforms? Baton Rouge go global?
2: All right. Well, that's a question we're going to explore in a moment. Chris, you got into brick and mortar just about the time that, that this retail apocalypse was beginning and that things were switching more to online, and it's only gotten worse. So how do you still get people to walk into your store?
3: Well, a lot of different ways. But first of all, I think that it, it, when we started Ruse Ross, we wanted to part of our mission was to build a community of women, much like you're trying to build a community of entrepreneurs. So we didn't want people to just come in and buy an article of clothing or something for one occasion and not come. So we spent a great deal of time uh, working, courting our customers. Uh, We are pretty much their sounding boards. They come in, we had a lady who came in, I need a dress, and you know, outfitted her and she said, I knew I'd be able to come here and find something. So it's that kind of confidence we're trying to instill in our customers so that when they think of Uh, a place to go shopping they come to us we do a great deal of email marketing we have quite a list there Um, we do some um print advertising which works for our demographic which is a little bit older people are always astonished that we do that type of advertising but it works
2: it does work It works certainly
3: um and we do do social media quite a bit of social media but i find our social media we don't have as much Uh, Immediate reaction, as some of the other things.
2: And I guess there—I mean—there's less and less competition, really, um, in terms of the brick and mortar for your specific demographic. No, I I mean there are not a lot of boutiques for anybody over the age of forty that has something that's cute.
3: I think that's true. And we do offer, um, we, you know, of course people, the main thing brick and mortar stores have going is people can come in, they can touch it, they can try it on. It's immediate gratification like the lady yesterday. If it works, they can purchase it and go home, feel good about it. Um, But we also did quite a bit of research in the beginning about what the women were looking for. We We had a focus group who identified They wanted to be in a large dressing room with mirrors in the dressing room so they didn't have to come out if they didn't want to. You know, these sort of things. Um, We play kind of oldies music. Again, I'm referring to our demographic. So, I mean, literally, they'll come in there and they're humming and singing along. And so we're trying to provide a place where they feel very comfortable. And we do act as, um, you know, their fashion you know we're their stylists i mean we're very blunt with them we don't just try to sell clothes we're definitely trying to you know engage people in a relationship where we can you know where they have confidence in us
2: so interesting kevin you've worked with a lot of businesses over the years entrepreneurs retailers of different types how did you get started in this field? And, and your holding company, Langley 16, yeah. what exactly does that do and what types of businesses have you invested in?
1: So to be clear, my focus is about entrepreneurship. Yeah. So it's not just about retail. And in particular, you know, we have a lot of great businesses in Baton Rouge that have started in Baton Rouge that most people don't even know about because they're online and they're e-commerce. Like for instance, you know, Mike Hackley and Corey Tisdale with Barbecue Guys, right? Mm-hmm. Um, most people don't know that they started that business 10 or 15 years ago was was one of Baton Rouge and the world's fastest growing e-commerce businesses and they they keep adding more jobs and more more um, products and services and and people fly into Baton Rouge to actually go visit their store over there on Corsi Boulevard and that's a pretty cool thing so my my background is not really just retail it's really e-commerce and entrepreneurship and so what, what I'm doing is encouraging the brick-and-mortar stores to do exactly what barbecue guys did way back when. They had a brick-and-mortar location, they went e-commerce, and now they have both and they're doing exceptionally well. So it's not either or. It's really about both Mm -hmm. and differentiating yourself. And you know, a lot of women like to shop from home and and I shop from home as well. So it's nice having to be able to look online and see what's going on and then hop in the car and go drive and try it on.
3: But how do you, how do you recreate that experience of a store?
1: Um, It's interesting you said that because now that we have a community of entrepreneurs that are focused on e-commerce in Baton Rouge, they're working on 3D photographs and technology to help that experience increase. And so, in the in the beginning, it was YouTube and shooting a video and explaining the product, and now they're working on some really interesting things, and we're going to see what's what's coming next.
2: And so, who is who is the we? I mean, is there an well, entrepreneurial com, uh, music community? We have community? a, we, is there have an a we have a small group what? of
1: what I would what I would consider e- leading e-commerce businesses in Baton Rouge that are, are 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 learning from each other, developing systems and processes. And identifying the workforce that can do this, something as simple as 3D photographs, it's kind of new, and 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 there needs to be a little bit of uh, collaboration to actually create that.
3: And so how could a how could a brick and mortar store like me, who's maybe considering e-commerce or maybe not, but just wants to get involved with this network, what how would it behoove me to do that?
1: Well, we need to get you in with some of these other people that are they're working on things because some of them are very close. I mean, they're they're not willing to share it until they figure it out and do it. Of course right so um that's part of what we're doing is, is just like with ebay giving them access to 100 million 180 million potential shoppers that's pretty powerful amazon's the same way we've got some incredible amazon businesses here that you would never think about so for your store i don't think it's going to solve all the problems it's not an instant quick fix but there's elements that can help drive some revenue and sales growth
2: kevin what is a 3D photograph. How do you view a 3D well, it, photograph it, on a two-dimensional platform like a screen? It,
1: it's it's basically d- shooting a product where it'll go 360 degrees around the product so you can on on the screen turn the product and see every different element aspect of it. So,
2: very very interesting.
1: Yeah, okay. there's lots of technologies that they're developing. It's really interesting. It's it's fun.
2: You mentioned the eBay. What how many people are they sending down here to work with our local businesses I mean was it like a task force that they dispatched to Baton Rouge or so is it more of an online consulting kind of thing?
1: first of all eBay was considering numerous cities and throughout the U.S. and so we had to really convince them and sell them to come here and it's no gimmick they are serious about it they they've so far we've had six different events through, through the course of the last year to identify the businesses that they could really move the needle on they selected 65 they flew in 25 specialists in numerous different categories where it's hands-on work
3: so how long does ebay they'll be remain? here they'll
1: be they're committed to baton rouge for a year with uh coaching specialists um all kinds of resources and knowledge and knowledge sharing um it's been phenomenal they've been fantastic to work with and to be clear i'm i don't work for the mayor's office or ebay correct I'm private sector. I'm doing this to help Baton Rouge business owners.
2: So, how do you make money, Kevin? I don't make I mean, money. What I don't make money at this.
1: No. I've been very fortunate to have numerous companies, and I've traveled around the world. You know, traveling for nonprofits and governments, helping build entrepreneurial ecosystems. And uh, so, we have a nonprofit, and also I have some very successful friends that are providing resources to help help businesses around the world. So, my focus right now is developing countries. And it's nice to be able to help Baton Rouge out while I'm doing it.
2: So I want to talk about that. But, but you actually have a for-profit business where you basically invest in business. Yeah, it's commercial
1: so, construction, real estate. But I'm, I'm, I'm at the stage of my life. I mean, I have, I have triplets that are 17 years old. They're in three separate schools. I'm learning how to be the parent of my parents. You know, I have 80 parents. And I'm going, you know, like everybody. I have, I have a lot of uh, balls in the air and, <laughs> yeah. and juggling act, you know.
2: You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. I'm talking with Chris Russo-Blackwood of Russo Ross and entrepreneur Kevin Langley. We'll be right back after this very short break. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. I'm talking to entrepreneur Kevin Langley and Chris Russo Blackwood of Russo Ross. Chris, you've been in Baton Rouge a long time, and and you're in a in a traditional business. How do you see the retail market here? You know, as compared to what you hear from your colleagues in other parts of the country.
3: Um, you I know. think it's very similar. Uh, the, the most insight we get is from our vendors, from the different brand, you know, people representing our different brands because they can tell us, we go to market, they can tell us what's happening in other places. Um, I think with the with the brick-and-mortar women's, specifically retail stores, I don't know about men's, but probably similar, um, you're seeing a lot of the proprietors, or they're getting older, and um, it's not the kind of business. I've sold, bought and sold businesses too, but this is not really a kind of business that you could line up in the same way to sell. So you're seeing a lot of those ladies retire and and nobody's taking their places, so there're definitely fewer specialty stores. However, the niche stores are going to do the best. I mean, we, we I see stores in our market and other markets where they are they don't know who they're selling to. You know, they might have white eyelet dresses and down to, you know, Pendleton wool skirts. So, you know, the whole gamut from teenager to 80-something-year-old ladies. So I think you definitely have to have a market, a demographic you're selling to. You know, our age, you know, we range from like 40 on up. Um, but as I said, it's very... Um, it's classic clothing, but with a twist. I mean, it's something that you won't see anywhere else. We have limited quantities of each style. So especially in Baton Rouge, you you two both probably know that the same people are going to the same events over and over, see a lot of the same people. So they have less of a chance of seeing, running into somebody wearing the same outfit, which is really, um... You know, that they That's really a big like.
2: thing for some people. Oh, it yeah. is. Well, you
3: can imagine spending, <laughs> you, you know, several hundred <laughs> dollars buying something really cute and thinking you're all that, and then you show up and we had it happen not too long ago and we only sold three of the dress. And then you walk in and someone's wearing the same dress. So you can only laugh, but still inside you're like, wow. You know, that shouldn't have happened. I suppose so.
2: What is your price point? I mean, because expensive is all relative, you know, and
3: $200 is not a lot
2: really, but it is to some people. Oh, absolutely. And so what? Yeah, what is that, that middle we ground? We try to
3: be really careful. We try to have things that I would say probably starting at $50 okay. and up. I mean, we you know, we try to hit something at most every price point, and...
2: But I guess in in today's day and age, I mean, how, how much inventory can you really afford to keep on hand, and particularly in sizes, for instance, if somebody tries on something and you only have one or two, you order, I guess. A we do a lot size.
3: of special yeah. orders, and, we, and another thing that's an advantage for us, brick and mortar people, is that we can have special events, and we have a lot of
2: Kevin. Um, Tell us a little bit about entrepreneurs across borders, because you mentioned the nonprofit you know field that you're working in. I think this is fascinating and, and how are you really making these connections?
1: So from my experience having graduated from LSU um, in you know business degree essentially and not having any peers to rely on, I found it really important for me to network with the right individuals. And entrepreneurs, especially business owners, are very unique individuals. They're juggling their families, they're juggling a lot of things, and they have the responsibility of employing other people, identifying the products, trying to figure out what that business model is, and it's a very lonely thing. So I I realized the importance of working together and meeting other people and just sitting down to decompress. And so, in developing countries, it's even more challenging because they don't have the infrastructure and it's a little bit more challenging than us. So what Entrepreneurs Across Borders does is identify, curate, and connect high potential individuals that are, that are leaders, entrepreneurial leaders and surrounds them with mentorship and resources they need to grow, which is exactly what we're trying to do in Baton Rouge with the business owners here in the e-commerce group, the eBay program, our accelerator program, a lot of other programs. What's missing in the business community is the collaboration. Well, let me rephrase that. It happens, we just, we need more of it
2: right 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 so how many countries are you working in and and right
1: now the country of focus is Jamaica but I've traveled to 40 to 50 different countries and I'm sit on the boards and we're engaged in 190 different countries but I'm focused in Jamaica and the Bahamas
2: and how many people do you have working with you through this nonprofit to help the last
1: the the last 10 to 15 years i have been traveling the traveling around the world learning things and traveling for other people doing specific events or interventions And now it's a long-term process we're engaging in to help long-term transform things and engage. And now it's instead of event-based, it's process-based. And we're scaling it up. We're using some artificial intelligence and some Silicon Valley technology to identify, curate, and connect these high-potential individuals and resources. So I'm in the process of building the platform. It's essentially a startup. It's a startup nonprofit with a lot of experience behind it.
2: Mm -hmm. And you're finding opportunities say for these entrepreneurs in the Caribbean at, around the world, here in Louisiana,
1: it's just not every- just about the Caribbean. I've learned a lot of what's happened in Baton Rouge. I mean, I, I go through the list of. You know, I, I get. I'm fortunate to wake up every day and work with some of the most interesting people. And it's great to meet you, Chris, this morning because mm-hmm. I think we're going to become yes. fast friends, right? I think
3: we are too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we got a lot to learn from each other. Um, so what, what I see, I'm fortunate to wake up and meet these people. People like, I mean, I, I mentioned barbecue guys, and, and my, just on my short list, like Natalie, John, y- you know, a young entrepreneur that started this sweater, is engaged with 350 universities in the United States, and has has a brick and mortar store on on Government Street, and like who knew that, right? Right, right. I mean, she's a very special person, like Colleen Wagesback with Fig and Dove. We have some incredible people in Baton Rouge doing some amazing things, and and I'm just, I'm engaging with them, and I, I hope the world can start seeing that specialness not only just in baton rouge but we're going to be connecting some of these people to developing countries as well because for me it's about giving back
3: so as a as a as a brick and mortar retailer i'm always amazed i'm assuming this is a big part or a part of the process which is fulfillment yes so is that something that that you are helping them with when you mentioned fig and dub
1: you know again we're all we're all challenged with all these different elements of our lives and and like i said Knowing that we 're not the only ones that are, that are struggling and challenged is a big help and by connecting people and learning from each other um, again i'm not the ex- I'm not the expert on e-commerce, but I know a lot of people that are. Hmm.
3: So we we have a consultant who made a suggestion to us because, as I mentioned, we don't have a unique product to sell. uh, We don't create anything ourselves um, that there are some people that are having luck with just like putting putting together outfits and, you know, kind of a customized look.
1: um. Yeah. So you're focused on the fashion thing, which is great. But someone like Will Davidson, who was at LSU, was an engineering student who loved cars and started selling auto parts, and then realized, that, hey, this part doesn't exist, and he can create his own part, well, and, now, and now has this thriving amazing. auto parts business in Baton Rouge, think about it, right? So I think about your opportunities in, in your retail store, people coming in asking for things that may not be manufactured or produced, what's the opportunities for you to actually create those unique products and fill it in, right? And th- there's examples of that all over Baton Rouge.
2: Yeah, and, and there is so much entrepreneurial creative capital and we meet a lot of those people on this show but what they all talk about um, and sort of lament in common is like the lack of an angel network the lack of of real community which I you know as you speak to Kevin is apparently growing but there's just not really the support system that exists in other places and in bigger markets I mean it, it,
1: so when, when you look at LSU. Th- 28,000 undergrads, four to 5,000 graduate students, and you look at the resources over at Southern University and then BRCC, and then our kids are going to school there. They're getting great degrees, and then they have to move. Right. Well, the studies show that 50% of the businesses in a city are started by the people that are graduating from those universities. So when we talk about lack of capital and everything else, I think Baton Rouge is very productive, but it can be a lot better. And we need to move up that that creative capital standpoint of engaging more people in the creative process and to be able to market their creativity instead of just selling products that's those developed somewhere well, else. Well and I mean
2: I think a lot of the Blame, if we want to ascribe it, lies with the investor community, which has been always so risk averse here. You know, this is an engineering town, right? I was
3: going to say, in, in, <laughs> in very, you know, again, I'm going way back, uh, but in, when we for, when we first started in Register, we couldn't get in, get, get into a, a technology center, into a, because we weren't a high tech business. You know, we were, and so I think things have definitely developed since then but um you're right that a lot of it's focus the mentality is here, on the, the corporate the
2: culture where do y'all see things in the next three to five years you know in in retail brick and mortar retail and in the entrepreneurial ecosystem here in baton rouge
3: in three to five years wow well i think you know i Again, brick and mortar stores have to be creative. They have to try to create a community of their customers. Um, We focus on different ways to reach out to them, special events, as I mentioned, different things. Because I think if you don't do that, then you know, you're gonna dwindle. I think I read that only 10% of all retail sales are online right now, but that's just gonna grow exponentially. So I think uh, marketing and getting in touch with your customers, keeping in touch and, and being able to offer things and offer that immediate gratification, offer them fashion advice, um, bring clothes to their house, whatever it takes. You know That's what it's gonna take, more service.
1: What I see in the people that at least I've engaged with on numerous different programs is they're exceptional people from Baton Rouge doing incredible things and I'd like to see them stay engaged in their communities doing that brick-and-mortar thing whatever they're doing and and also be thinking about the creativity and how to engage that creativity in creating new products and new services and leveraging the platforms because that's the scalable piece it's not just about the platforms we talked about today it's creating additional platforms that don't even exist right we need to figure out how to get more baton rouge out there yeah.
2: all right well kevin langley and chris blackwood it's always so interesting to hear insights from business people with such sharp minds and to do a deep dive into the local and national economy so thanks so much for what you all are doing to make baton rouge a better place to be and thanks for sharing your stories today on out to lunch
1: Really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you so much, Stephanie.
2: My guests today on Out to Lunch have been Chris Blackwood of Russo Ross and Kevin Langley of the eBay Retail Initiative. You can find out more about Russo Ross and the eBay Retail Initiative by going to the links on our website, It's La. The producer of our show is Grant Morris, our technical producer is Eric Merle, and today's show is engineered by Colin Peat. Our associate producer is Peter Rusciutti, and our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino, Dave Winwood, and Ann Edelman. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on our website, itsbatonrouge.la, and on our It's Baton Rouge Facebook page. You can hear this show and past episodes of Out to Lunch wherever you get podcasts and at itsbatonrouge.la. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsbatonrouge.la and WRKF 89.3 FM. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Mansur's for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch.
0: Out to Lunch Baton Rouge is recorded live over lunch at Manser's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Manser's is open for lunch daily 11 to 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com.